we're live, Chris. Yes. Um, <laughs> how live. do we react to this one? How do we react to this one, Chris? I was waiting oh. for your, and we are live, but you are so depressed right now after witnessing what we just witnessed, man. Murphy's Law all over this game, all uh-huh. over everything the New York Giants have done this season. They try to take these risks. They get conservative. It blows up in their face. Somehow, Zach Wilson completes two consecutive 29-yard passes to set up a field goal to go to overtime. Giants can't do anything offensively. They end up punting the ball right back into the Jets. They set up for a field goal on a first and 10, and they win this football game 13-10 to after the Giants, according to ESPN Analytics, Chris, had a 97.9% chance to win with 126 left in the fourth quarter when Saquon Barkley had a first and 10. Somehow, they found a way to lose. Chris, where do you want to start? Yeah, uh, this game was it, this game was far more insane than it had any right to be, considering we had Tommy DeVito on one side and the Jets' fifth string center on the other side. Like the, this game was just ugly and painful all the way around. I mean, first off, uh, just I hope Tyrod Taylor is okay. Uh, the fact that he was. Um, he immediately ran off the field. He was obviously in pain, was taken to the hospital with a rib injury. Uh, just, you know, remember a couple years ago, back in 2020, he suffered a punctured lung and had a couple cracked ribs. So, yeah, to, I just hope that he is okay, first and foremost. I mean, everything else, it's just a game. It was a ugly, sloppy painful game that somehow the Giants still almost won. They still should have won somehow, but they didn't. Uh, Graham Gano missing two field goals. You have to wonder how much that knee is bothering him. Uh, Jamie Gillen shanking two punts after he has been fantastic all year. You know, the, you're right. This game, this was an everything that can go wrong, did go wrong game for the Giants. And they still almost won. <laughs> And they still almost won. I mean, dude, this was a collective effort, this loss. You could blame the coaching. You can blame everybody. You can't really blame Tommy DeVito. The coaches didn't want him to throw the football. And you understand that. This is the Jets defense. He's a, a, but still, man, you have to put the fear of passing the football into the minds of the New York Jets. And you get uber conservative. I mean, the Giants had the football 38 minutes in this game to the Jets 25. The Giants forced two turnovers. The Giants were sacking Zach Wilson. The Giants had a real shot. They should have won this football game, Chris. And holy crap, I'm just still like shocked and flabbergasted that they found a way to blow yet this game too, man. It just seems like whenever... Whenever there's a situation where you're like, nah, man, this this hole that the Giants have dug themselves in, it can't get any deeper, right? They have hit cement. They are at Earth's core. They are in hell if you want to go in that direction. <laughs> but it keeps getting deeper, man. It's it's whew, it's rough, and there's still like positives to take away, which I don't even feel like it's appropriate to go over them. We will, of course, but yes. holy crap, man, just um that uber conservative approach really ended up blowing up in the Giants' face. If you just focus on that last drive too. Like th- this is not Saquon Barkley's fault. Saquon Barkley set a career no. high in carries, but people are going to point to, hey man, it looks like you could have had that first. He just kind of went down on that one, that one play. It looks like he could have possibly picked up the first down, end up in a fourth and one situation. Brian Dable opts to kick a field goal with a kicker who already missed a makeable field goal, a kicker who has a knee injury. He misses football back to the Jets, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like I understand the thinking, but 
it's going to go wrong just because everything has gone wrong when, when you have met this type of situation if you're the New York Giants coaching staff or the New York Giants in general this season. That's what, at least what it seems like. Yeah, and I'm still amazed the Jets were even able to get down to that last pass to spike the ball with one second remaining. Like I, I'm one remembering second. back to it was that uh, the Cowboys game, what was it, back in 2016 when Dominique Rogers cromartie just took his sweet time getting up off the receiver and the Cowboys just ran out of time and that sealed the game for the Giants. You know, this was a case of, you know, the Giants at a lot of key positions have young players. You know, Saquon Barkley, he's not a young player. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, he's not a young player anymore, but they do have young players in key spots and four guys like Tay Banks who had that, who had some, some penalties, which granted he had a tough matchup going up against Garrett Wilson, but yeah, you know, this was this has to be a learning experience for him. Uh, no excuses for Dory Jackson. Yeah. You know, getting that pass interference on a badly underthrown ball on a guy that was just called up off the practice squad—that something else we have to talk about. I mean, man, I I'll be honest, I do not envy Ed writing his kudos and wet will, wet willies this evening. You, you know he's going to be hitting us up for for input. <laughs> Yeah, he's likely going to hit us up for input, and uh, there's a lot of wet willies to go around. There's going to be a lot of licking of the fingers because um, there were a lot of mistakes. But, you know, if we're going to turn this positively, there were also a lot of takeaways, specifically on the defensive side of the football, where you look and you're like, yo, it's a true breakout performance by Kayvon Thibodeau, who was a hot name this week (laughs) on the New York sports radio scene if anybody um, wants to know about that i'm sure you could go check out twitter it involves carl banks but carl banks was um i would say proven right not that he really needed to be proven right in that situation by Kayvon thibodeau's performance and it happened as early as the first play of the game with zach wilson when he drops back the pass Kayvon thibodeau quick hands and just ran right around makai becton it looks like it's starting to come along for the young pass rusher and cordell flots another young player who had yeah. a who had a breakout game, just a couple PBUs, really sticky and covered. So I'm pleased at least to see those two young players from the 2022 draft start to really break out. Well, Michael McFadden as well, but that's kind of been a continuous breakout over the last couple games. Yeah, McFadden, he had, he had that fumble recovery on a botched snap with the Jets. I, I'm not sure if you can even call him their fifth string center. He's just some guy they brought up off the practice squad and, I don't think he expected to play maybe on special teams and okay. Now you are the center because their fourth string center got hurt after their third string center got hurt. And wow, I am so glad John Michael Schmitz is back. Another bright point in the game is that the giants offensive line is slowly getting healthier. Yeah. Yes. Tyrod Taylor was under duress. The Jets were in the Giants' backfield quite a bit. They have a very good defense. But the offensive line, considering it is still fielding two guards at tackle, a rookie center, it it didn't play badly, particularly when after halfway through the second quarter, the Jets knew what was going to happen, except for that one touchdown when the Giants were in the option, which is, you know, that's probably something they probably could have done more. But I also understand not wanting DeVito to run the ball. Yeah, it's not like they had to pass block, which is the biggest indictment on this Giants yeah. offensive line. They pass blocked 14 times in this game. Most of them were just quick passes. It, it was an insane approach, man. Like everything about this matchup was was wild when you think about it. And then just uh, losing to the Jets' crosstown rival, a team that's 
competing to make the playoffs. And I get the New York Giants <laughs> aren't right now, even though they won a football game last week. It's just a, uh, it's a, it sucks, man. It's it's a, it's a tough loss to suffer. Saquon Barkley, though, holy crap, thirty six carries for one hundred and twenty eight yards ends up being three point six yards per carry. But the Giants were like, hey. We're going to put the team on your back. This reminds me of, reminds everybody of Houston game last year. Only the New York Giants ended up victorious in that game when they gave Saquon Barkley 35 carries, 36 total touches. Well, in this game, Saquon Barkley had 36 carries with three receptions of 39 total touches, and he didn't gain any yards on those receptions, according to the final uh, box score right here on ESPN. Yeah, I, I'm also kind of reminded of the Bears game last year when Daniel Jones was knocked out of the game. Tyrod Taylor was knocked out of the game. Jones kind of came back into the game, sort of, but the only thing he was there for was to hand the ball to Saquon Barkley and stand there as Barkley ran the Wildcat, and the Giants managed to win that game. But I think kind of the difference between this Giants team and last year's team is last year's team didn't make mistakes in big moments and found ways to win. This year, they are making mistakes, and they're finding ways to lose. and. Yeah, that that does say a lot about this team. You know, bad teams find ways to lose, and you know, I I, I don't want to cast aspersions on Brian Dayball. You generally don't expect to win with your third string quarterback. You know, an undrafted rookie who I, something else we we're going to have to talk about is probably going to be your starter next week, which means the Giants are going to have to make a roster move, which could mean Darren Waller or Tyrod Taylor to the, to the injured reserve. So there, there are going to be so many dominoes falling because of this game, this ugly, sloppy, painful game, (laughs) ugly, sloppy, Absolutely disgusting game. Just crazy. Jamie Gillen punted the football 13 times. Thomas Morstead 11 times. And Gillen had some booming punts in this game. But then when it really mattered and you needed him to give you and provide you one of those booming punts, he shanked. He shanked two of those late punts out of bounds, setting the Jets up in much better field position. And if you look at the other side of the football with Thomas Morstead, how many times did he pin the Giants? Not just in the 20, which I think was four times, but in like the five-yard line. They think he had like three just excellent punts for the New York Jets. And this was a game of field position. As we could tell, 13 to 10 final, you need field position, get in a field goal range. You know, the Giants didn't have a healthy field goal kicker, it looks like. But that didn't stop Brian Dable from trotting him out there when it, when it meant the most. Yeah, I, I wish I could do to, do with a golf ball what the Jets punter did with a football. The way he just kind of made it stop was legitimately impressive. But also, one more bright spot. Gunnar Olszewski, yeah, who just signed like five minutes ago, comes on and he had what fifty six, I believe, yards of punt returns, averaged over nine yards a return. The Giants haven't had a returner that was that productive and that comfortable back there in a long, long time, and they've been looking for about four years. They have been looking for a hot minute and he did look competent and he looked comfortable back there. So that's definitely a, a key takeaway. But at this point, it's like, holy crap. After this loss, whew, the Bills loss was rough enough, right? You get down to the one yard line, you get the pass interference. And then it's like, oh, that could have been another pass interference. You could have pulled off the upset on the road. Motions were high in that game. And now this, oh God, just absolutely brutal. The 2023 season, we just got to flip to the next chapter because 
oof, this is these these losses, man. They're really starting to pile up. Yeah, they are. Uh, you know, there's still football left to be played. The way the Giants' defensive is playing, I do not want to write off the Raiders game next week. And maybe something will happen when Daniel Jones comes back. Whenever that is, we got reports early this morning that the team is maybe eyeing the game against the Cowboys who all of a sudden remembered how to play offense. So there's somebody out there who can score. But then we also heard from uh, Ian Rappaport that Jones has a disc injury, which makes sense. Something we kind of speculated about, but the Giants do not want to rush him back and they should not rush him back. So that whole, the whole offense is up in the air and uh, you're right. It probably is time to start looking towards 2024 but it's not over yet it's close it's getting late early out there but it's not over yet and you got to think about it too the trade deadline's right around the corner might be a yeah, lot of conversations <laughs> with the giants front office in the next i don't know 48 hours on what the hell is going to happen with some of these veteran pieces that the giants have Dory jackson being one of them leonard williams being another it's uh it's interesting it doesn't sound like saquon barkley is going to be going anywhere according to uh the New York Giants earlier in this week, but Saquon, man, like you got to have so much respect for this guy. This is somebody who's, he doesn't have a contract beyond this season. The Giants are like, Hey, we're just going to put all of the workload on your shoulders. Like everything is yeah. going to go on your shoulders. Saquon Barkley and Saquon. She's like, okay, yeah, I don't know. we're going to win this football game. The only part that they got wrong there was <laughs> they're going to win the football Winning. game, but he tried his damnedest, dude, which is, you know, really admirable and respectable. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. The other thing we, I think need to talk about and look at and maybe speculate about a little bit is that Darren Waller injury. He was mm. limited this week in practice, questionable with a hamstring. It seemed to happen on that shallow crossing route where he wasn't quite able to pick up the first down. Sauce Gardner had great coverage, made a great tackle on him and he was immediately ruled out. So there's no doubt that he, he was hurt and that left Daniel Bellinger as the giants only healthy tight end. You know, the Giants had, by halftime, had one quarterback and one tight end on the roster. And you know, this does raise questions like, you know, will the Giants have to bring up Lawrence Cager or, you know, not bring him up, but make him active next week? Do they, ha do they have to bring another tight end on, sign one from somewhere? I, I'm not quite sure who's on the market right now. We'll have to do some digging, but they can't keep going with bellinger being their only real tight end that was a risky proposition from the start and it's getting scary now this whole tight end room this has been an issue where the giants if you go back to the seattle game they lost daniel bellinger on the first drive and then darren waller had to just be relegated to blocking the entire game we didn't see him now darren waller gets hurt in like the first quarter daniel bellinger ends up playing a huge complement of snaps as a blocker but also that receiving element is now gone from your teams because the giants have no depth at this position with Lawrence Cager down no. on the practice squad. And Lawrence Cager's also, he's more of a wide receiver. So you need somebody who can block somebody who's going to give your offense some, um, some versatility when he's out there, because if you go out there with just these receiving tight end, they're not going to respect you. If you're an edge, you're just going to toss to the side. It, that's just been an issue for the giants this entire time was how they, um, what they do when one of their tight ends end up getting injured because they're so they have such defined roles and they're not all that versatile except for Bellinger. He can do both. Yeah. And you do need good tight ends, 
particularly when you've got questionable tackles like the Giants do, or hopefully next week they'll have Andrew Thomas back. So that'll, that will be one question answered, but you know, we saw what the, what happened when the Jets tried to block Kayvon Thibodeau with a tight end. It did not work out so well. And, you know, next week they've got Max Crosby. Week after that, Micah Parsons and, Demar- and Demarcus Lawrence, those guys in that, you know, who knows what's happening with the Washington edges. Mont- we know uh, a team has made an offer, for a third rounder for Montez Sweat, maybe. Washington will sell off their edge defenders, but they also played really well against the Eagles today. So, you know, they might not decide to have a fire sale. They might not. Chris, anything else on this just absolutely disappointing 13 to 10 win or loss win for the Jets? (laughs) I, yeah, I, I think, I'm just kind of, I am at a loss. We are the losers here. All of us who had to watch that game. Like when that game went to overtime, I tweeted out just what this game needed more game. And it figures that (laughs) this mess was the game that goes to overtime, not the game against the bills, not even the game against the Cardinals when the giants were just exploded on offense, which is apparently a complete fluke or an utter collapse by the Cardinals. No, it was this mess that we had to watch an extra, what, seven minutes of? Something like that. It was just reversion to 90s football. Neither team could do much. The Giants' run defense at least bottled up Brees Hall, even though he had the long receiving touchdown. Yeah. But, but uh, man, it's after this loss. Whew, uh, I wonder what kind of questions Brian Dable is going to be fielding. I'm really interested to hear what he has to say after this type of loss. But anyways, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, this, this is a rough season, 2023. It's a turn-the-page type season for the New York Giants, finding ways to lose against teams that are maybe better than them on paper, but the Giants were at least in that football game despite not having Tyrod Taylor, and they still collapsed. Like you said earlier, Chris, bad football teams find ways to lose. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please check out the website, bigblueview.com, for all of our written content. Take care of each other. We'll see you around.